From the sandy beaches of Hawaii comes a wave of God's love and the challenge to go deeper. Paddle out with us and experience the thrills of the radical plan God has for your life. It's Deep Adventure Radio with your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak bringing you the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Uh, we have a really cool guest with us today. I met three young men uh, at, a, at the Bishop's Convocation. They're all hanging out together. And I go, I got to get all, the, all three of these men on my radio show. Uh, we have uh, three different members of Creatio.org. We already got to have one uh, person represented on our show, Adam Hen- Henrichs. And now we have uh, Kevin Greeny, who his official title on his business card says something like Director of Missions and Adventure. Is that right, Kevin? Uh, yeah, Bear, that is. That is my title, Missions and Adventures Director. Does it actually say that on your business card? Uh, well, it was a little long, so we left the director off. Just Missions and Adventures, which is all <laughs> I really wanted to do anyway. <laughs> That's so cool. That's just so awesome. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, before we really start digging in, can you just give us an overview of what the mission of uh, Creatio is? Yeah, so Creatio provides outdoor uh, adventure and mission experiences for young adults. Um, we have kind of three, uh, three offerings, um, the adventures, the missions, and pilgrimage experiences. Um, we're based in Denver, Colorado. Uh, most of our adventures take place here in our backyard in the Rocky Mountains, weekend kind of camping trips, um, pilgrimages. Most of your listeners are probably familiar with the Camino de Santiago. Um, but we also offer a couple here in the U.S. to a sanctuary site in New Mexico called Chimayo. And then uh, mission trips um, is probably something that, again, most of your listeners are familiar with. Uh, we do a lot of work in Latin America, specifically in Peru, um, just kind of serving the poorest of the poor. That's, so, that's just so cool, Kevin. And I, so, you know, I, by the way, I was just at Chimayo, uh 10 days ago. You were? Yeah. Uh, well, well, I, you know, my, I was in, at the Napa Institute and then boogied over to Santa Fe to see my daughter uh, who lives in Santa Fe and uh, cruised up to Chimayo. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about Chimayo before we get more into your, your personal history. Sure. So um, it's, it's a sanctuary site that's been around. Uh, since the early 1800s, when a um, a golden cross, uh, so the legend goes, a golden cross was found uh, kind of in the high desert there. Um, the the priest who discovered it moved it to their to their village, uh, so they could pray. You know, it's kind of unusual thing to find out out in the desert. Um, but the next morning, it was back where they originally discovered it, uh, and they had this sense that there must be something significant about this specific site. Uh, and so around that, that cross and around the site, a, uh, a sanctuary sprung up. And now, um, geez, you know, I think they said around Easter time, they get 300,000 people visiting during, um, during Holy Week. So it's really become a, a, pretty, a pretty cool place to visit here in the U.S. Um, it's, a, it's a fun road trip. It's an even better, in my opinion, a better pilgrimage. It's surrounded by, you know, gorgeous uh, mountains and forest land. So it um, provides a really nice opportunity for people to experience Catholicism in the U.S., um, especially the Spanish colonial Catholicism that, you know, growing up in Detroit, we had no idea what that even meant. But this was all happening just as our country was being founded on the East Coast. Um, and there's some churches there that date back, you know, several hundred years. So it's a, it's a really neat experience to just kind of visit that area um, and, and see a piece of Catholicism in the U.S. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting, the, the, the Catholic approach to enculturation when it comes to uh, missions. I've been reading John Paul II's writings about uh, Cyril and Methodius and how they uh, re- reached out to the Sl- Sl- Slavonic nations, although they were Greek and Byzantine in heritage. Uh, they didn't come in and overrun the culture. They found the good within the customs of the culture and uh, and use that uh, to bring out the best of it and infuse in it, in it you know, the experience of, of, of Christ and the Catholic Church. And I, I, I noticed that in... Um, in Me- in Mexico, you know, the Aztec nation, I believe, extended all the way up to I think Santa Fe was its furthest reaches, and Chimayo's just a few miles, you know, outside of the town of Santa Fe. But what's so interesting about that whole infusion of Catholic faith in in the in the in that area of the world, Mexico up to up to that area, is Our Lady of Guadalupe. You know that when she came uh, in Mexico, she, she it wasn't like. Let's take over uh, and change and change your entire culture. She actually appeared as a princess, didn't she? As a, as an Indian, or a, as a, as a Native American princess, and uh, and so spoke to them in the way that they could be spoken to and reached them, and infused in their culture, uh, you know, the love of Christ without overrunning the culture. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, I do, and and you can kind of see that there too. Um, you don't have to go all the way to uh, Mexico City. Um, you're right. It was um, all the way up here into into New Mexico, and um, I've been to Mexico City, and you can certainly kind of feel that similar culture. I'd, I'd say it feels more like Mexico City in Santa Fe than it does um, back east, where I where I was originally from. Yeah, and I know the, the it's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say it's hard. You know, truth is truth, and and beauty is beauty. And when and when you have the Catholic Church bringing that to you. Um, you know, helping helping you see that in your own culture, regardless of what your own culture happens to be. Because um, I, I don't think it really matters necessarily. Yeah, the church, you know, um, Robert's, Father Robert who Spitz, invented it if God is the author of everything. Right? Yeah, Father Robert Spitzer talks about that too in his quartet of books about how we, how it's kind of infused in the in the mythology of uh, the the storytelling of of every culture, the existence of God. But in that particular uh, nation, that particular people, the Aztecs were. Uh, basically, the, the scholars tell us anywhere from twenty to two hundred thousand uh, human sacrifices a year, probably about eighty-five thousand a year is what they estimate. And so, when the when the Catholic priests came, when the conquistadors came, the 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 pe- the, the peasant type population was was uh, was very grateful for them coming and overthrowing that that horrible you know regime. Uh, and I look at and I look at Hawaii too. You know, an ancient Hawaiian. Uh, culture, uh, there was a limited human sacrifice, not like there was in the Aztec nation. But what happened is when when uh, in, when King Kamehameha died, Queen uh, uh, the Queen and her son ate together, which broke the kapu system, and suddenly uh, the whole kind of religion of Hawaii kind of fell apart. And a year later, the Protestant evangelists came. But when they came, they dominated the culture of Hawaii. They, they they wouldn't let them do the hula anymore. There was no more surfing. They made them dress in all this very hot puritanical clothing. And I just, I just love the Catholic Church's approach is to, is, uh, of enculturation, where we go in and we, 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 uh, use, we see God's handiwork within the culture of each people and then infuse it with uh, the truth, of, truth of, uh, of Christ and of the Catholic Church. But uh, what was your what what is your trail that you walked when you did the Chamayo? Did you walk it or did you do a road trip or how? Uh, what what is what is the pilgrimage to Chamayo? 
Well, you know, a, pil- a pilgrimage is just walking. So uh, maybe with more intention than a, than a regular hike. So Creatio has actually been going to this um, sanctuary for a number of years, and we've developed several of our own routes to get there, um, predominantly through national forest land. So um, it's just a lot of mountains and trees uh, for four days until you get there. Um, we, we have relationships with the local communities. So most of the nights we're actually staying with host parishes uh, instead of having to camp out, which is kind of nice. Um, after walking all day, it's really nice to have somebody uh, with a hot meal ready for you. Um, typically we're on church floors instead of uh, beds. Um, but I think that adds to the, to the pilgrim experience um, what, versus what, a, a luxury hike, you know, where are you, where are you starting usually? Uh, typically we'll start in, in, uh, Taos, um, um, but it depends on how much time, you know, as, as we coordinate the trip for a group, uh, if they have an entire week, we can start a little further North. Uh, if somebody only has, you know, Monday, um, or Friday off, we can, we can shorten it down to three days. Um, but it's really hard as a, as a pilgrim, my, my conversion experience I mentioned came on the Camino. Uh, so pilgrimage is something that's really important to me and really like to um, emphasize giving yourself the time to experience um, experience God when you're on a pilgrimage. Yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to dig into that, into the hoarded, the, the sordid history of, of Kevin Greeny here when we come back from our break. <laughs> we'll take a break here in a few moments. But Kevin is the mission and adventure director for Creatio.org. You know, I just went on a little bit of a... Of a uh, pilgrimage on motorcycle this last weekend. Uh, we rolled thunder from Cocoa Beach down to Miami and then met the Archbishop at his favorite cigar place, and it was just the coolest thing to, to meet with some of the guys from Man Up down there that have a big conference, and and uh, my riders uh, meeting with the Archbishop's friends, and then we rolled thunder into Key West. That was a pilgrimage, because for there was a 30-mile stretch <laughs> that took us three hours in the heat, and our motorcycle heat, and it was really, really mm. rugged. But there is something about what happens when you set aside a certain amount of time and you go on a journey. There's some, the, everything changed for the disciples when he sent them out two by two, for example. That's when you see them uh, healing the sick and casting out demons and, and all of that and preaching the gospel. It's like, kind of like, it, it's like when you separate yourself for a special journey, uh, it, 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 it's the focus of it, I think, as well as the actual pilgrimage itself that... Uh, that, that we know we're setting this time aside, and we're in motion. Uh, and I think God likes to see us in motion. It's, it, you know, when we're in motion, God can lead us and direct us. Uh, we're talking with Kevin Greeny. He is the missions and adventure director at Caratio.org. When we get back, we're going to find out all about his sordid past and how he uh, came to uh, a deeper and a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is Bear Wozniak. We'll be back with more Bear Wozniak's adventure when we return. Deep Adventure Radio, going deeper into the heart of God.
Now, back to Paradise and Deep Adventure Radio. Welcome back. This is Bear Wozniak. Welcome to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Uh, I met three young men at the Bishop's Convocation. I think uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly might be the best way to describe them, and we're, we're now interviewing the bad, I think. We're halfway through. I decided I would interview all three of these guys because they just... All of them really fascinated me uh, with their love of God and their love of nature. And we have Kevin Greeny, who's the missions and adventure director for Kratio.org. How cool is that to have on your on your uh, business card, Kevin? Yeah, it's pretty exciting. It certainly uh, helps start conversations when um, when I'm meeting new people. You know, it's interesting how the Lord uh, He causes us to die to, to die to self and lay our lives down. But then when he resurrects it and, and, and begins to move in our lives, it's interesting how the very things that he's given us, the abilities and the desires that we have, uh, if we follow those uh, in accordance with his will, it's interesting how he actually uses uh, these desires and the way he's wired us you know, for his service. But let's go back in time a little bit. Can you, can you tell us about, Kevin, uh, you know, your, uh, your personal journey with the Lord? Sure. So um, I was raised in a Catholic household. Um, confirmed as a, as a teenager uh, when I was 13 and uh, went to a, was going to a Jesuit high school at the time, um, which meant it was all boys. And uh, so I stuck around uh, at our parish um, with the, the, the teen youth group afterwards as a way to kind of stay social. Um, and then towards my senior year of high school, um, they offered what was called a Kairos retreat, uh, which I, I later found out is a pretty common thing in the, in the Catholic world. Um, and one of the kind of the, the pinnacle of the retreat, you're given um, letters from uh, friends and family where they're just expressing, you know, their, their positive feelings for you. And it's a very emotional and it's a very overwhelming moment. And, you know, as, as most people in their, their teenage years are, you're, you're questioning your faith, you're questioning your philosophies and outlooks on life and kind of caught up in this, um, in this emotion. It, it just overwhelmed me with this idea that um, heaven is this existence on earth, um, you know, feeling all of this love and, and everything. It was really hard to deny that something great was happening, um, except for the fact that if heaven is here on earth, then what is all of that supernatural stuff really about? What does it matter? It's so intangible. I can't really experience it. Um, and if God wants us to be happy, uh, you know, that's, an easy way to justify um, a hedonistic experience throughout your 20s, which is um, ultimately where it led me. And um, in my early 30s, I was obviously unhappy as that path has led uh, many other people. And uh, looking for a change in my life, um, something told me I needed to go on a very long hike. And um, I had often heard about the Appalachian Trail and considered that one. Um, in researching that, I discovered the Pacific Crest Trail, which appealed to me because it was longer and harder. Um, but then I was dating a girl at the time, and her, her mom gave me a book about the Camino de Santiago, which was not only shorter and easier than the Pacific Crest Trail, but the spirit and sense of community on it, something about that called to me, and I said, this is the hike that I need to do. Um, you know, to me at the time, it was just a hike, but I just, I needed to go do it. Um, within a week, uh, I had bought a plane ticket, um, 
I had sold most of my stuff and hit the road a month later to go on the Camino de Santiago back in October of 2014. When did you, where, where did you start your, where did you start your, uh, your uh, pilgrimage? Uh, so that one uh, began in St. Jean-Pied-de-Port, which is a, a fairly common um, place for pilgrims to start. Uh, if you go from St. Jean to the western coast of Spain, which is what I ended up doing, it's about 580, 590 miles, depending on uh, how much wandering you do uh, in the middle of the Camino. So uh, where, where I'm still not clear where this, lo- this is located in France, where you started. Oh, sure. So it's, it's really just across the border um, where in the Pyrenees where Spain and France kind of meet up. So um, uh, the way that I got there, um, it flew into Madrid from Arizona where I was living at the time, uh, flew into Madrid, took a train to Pamplona, and then uh, on the Camino there are what are called hospitaleros, mm-hmm. which are um, the hosts that run the albergues where pilgrims can stay and be, be tended to as they do their journey. Um, and he picked us, picked me up there um, in Pamplona, took me to their house. He and his wife actually met as pilgrims and started their own albergue, uh, which are the hostels you're staying in, and uh, gave us dinner. The next morning gave us breakfast and drove us across the border into France, um, into Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port. It's um, so cool. By uh, the end of the first day. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, by the end of the first day, you're already back into Spain um, on foot. It's a It's a... It's a really tough 25-mile uphill and then pretty much straight downhill day, um, mm-hmm. but it, it's a really good introduction to uh, to the Camino. Yeah, I know that area so well. I don't know if I told you. I used to go every year to that area, the Basque country of France and Spain, mm-hmm. and surf a contest in Biarritz, and so really got to know that area. Going on, We used to sneak over the Pyrenees because we were there during uh, the running of the bulls, and we were also there during the um, the, the French uh, Bastille Day uh, celebration. So it's kind of a fun time to be in France. We used to surf out in front of a, a castle, actually, and we would tandem surf at night, about 10.30 at night, because the sunsets really late there in the summer. Mm-hmm. And they'd bring huge stadium lights out and spotlights uh, down below, and we would surf into these spotlights, which were blinding to us. We could hardly see where we could see the waves coming. But once we were riding, we were just, and we, you know, lifting the women over our heads when we surfed, it was kind of cool. But there'd be about 20,000 people watching our show. Uh, but then I fell in love with that when I went over, when I went over the top, over to the Pyrenees, you know, over the Pyrenees and down in the Pamplona. That is really rugged terrain. I mean, so you, you started in the Basque country, went over towards San Sebastian. Is that kind of the direction you went or? Or when you got into Spain, um, or did you did you go pat did you go go did you not go through the town? Yeah, so you're you're generally heading t- uh, in the direction of San Sebastian, but it's further north along the coast, and um, you're the the Camino, the official Camino route, um, heads into Pamplona. So I never actually went to San Sebastian, but it's also supposed to be. Um, I, I, next time I go, I think I'd like to stop in there, even if it's just by car, because I hear the food is phenomenal. <laughs> the tapas and beer, dude. The tapas and beer, or some yeah. people say tapas and beer. Yeah, we'd always make a run down there to San Sebastian. Uh, I just love love that area. But this uh, started for you, just came to you kind of almost as a sort of a sabbatical or way to clear your head. Uh, and, and you just, you, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I remember once, uh, Kevin, I was about 30, and I was working in the corporate world, and... Uh, 
you know, um, not having a lot of chance to work out. Uh, and then I, I was actually living in Minnesota, which was so out of my realm, having been raised on the beach in California. I, was, I lived there for four or five years. And one day, just as clear as a bell, I heard the Lord say to me, not like in a voice, but I just heard as clear as a, a bell in my head, you're my walking man, now go walk. And from that <laughs> point, every 15-minute coffee break and every lunch hour, and uh, I began to walk, and 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 uh, I've you know I'm like you. I I, I while well, I walk the beach every day, uh, I put I put on about forty five to fifty miles a week of of walking or stand up paddle surfing. Now I love to do that, and of course I bicycled across the U.S. But there's something about you know whether it's hiking or bicycling or being on a stand up paddle. There's something about being in motion when you pray. I don't know what it is. It's it's something about it's almost kind of like when you hold a rosary in your hand. It kind of brings you a point of, it brings your body into the spiritual experience. And for someone like me who has ADHD, it's much easier for me to concentrate when I'm in motion than when I'm not. And, and I totally get the beauty, uh, especially hiking in the mountains of Hawaii and places like that. But I have to say, I've not, never actually done a pilgrimage. What was your experience? What, what, what uh, did anything break down in you? Did something open up in you? Did you get a deeper sense of who you were in Christ? What happened on that walk? Yeah, um, probably all of those things, Barrett. Was uh, a pretty transformative experience. Um, so, you know, as I mentioned, I, I just felt the calling to go on this walk, um, not specifically looking for a conversion experience or, or reversion in my case, but. Um, you know, physically, yeah, you're absolutely being broken down. Um, the motion, I think you're, you're just moving towards a goal. And, um, you know, I've never been to Santiago before. I just knew that that's where I was going to. So in my, in my head, there's this kind of, um, ambiguous thing out there that we're moving towards, uh, you know, here on earth in that time period, uh, Santiago, um, but, you know, as Catholics, obviously, it's, it's heaven, you know, uh, eternity with God that we're walking towards um, in this pilgrim life. And uh, just kind of as the Camino itself went on, you know, you meet people. I, I went alone. I didn't know anybody. Um, and you tend to meet other people that speak your language and want to walk at the same pace you are. Um, and you kind of form a, a loose, loose-knit community as you're moving along. So there were um, there's one gentleman in particular I met. Uh, from Australia, who he was in his, gosh, I hope I get this right. He was in his early 60s. And uh, we actually probably covered about 400 miles together in well, total. We're going to take a, um, we're going to take a break right there, Kevin. We'll be back. We're talking with Kevin Greeny. He's the Missions and Adventure Director, coolest title in the world, for uh, creatio.org. Uh, you're listening to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. We'll be right back with more. Deep Adventure Radio, where the surf is always up. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with Deep Virtue number 74. If you ever want to see something kind of funny, watch me throw net. I've learned how to throw Hawaiian net. And it's really quite a technical thing that you do. And when you toss this net, I have a big, heavy one. The idea is it should land and it should look kind of round like the island of Oahu. But when I throw net, it's kind of long and skinny like uh, the island of Molokai. And you're not going to catch many fish that way. I was riding the other day. I was down by the, the harbor where the big ships come in. And there was a 
person down there that was throwing net. And he walked down to the edge of the of the jetty, and uh, he got in that position where he wanted to throw. And he throws the net, and he got entangled in it. And he actually threw himself into the water when he threw the net. It kind of reminds me of uh, of our walk with the Lord. Uh, God wants us to, as the Bible says, cast your bread upon the waters after many days. It shall return to you. We need to release to release to God um, that net. And I'm going to just say for this, let's use that net as an example of our career or how we provide uh, for our families. We need to throw that net. We need to give it all to the Lord. We need to, uh, you know, cast our burdens upon the Lord for he cares for us. If we are striving so hard in our work so that we can have our own accomplishments, so that we can reach our own goals, we'll get entangled in that net. We'll get entangled, as Jesus said, in the worries and cares of the world. We need to throw our net out, but work as on to the Lord, not on as on to men, for from him comes our reward. Remember the great saints who were fishermen and Jesus here is a carpenter telling them, throw out your net on the other side, and they hadn't caught a fish all day, and then they just brought in a great, great harvest. So in your career and in your need for financial blessing, Throw your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. This is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with Deep Virtue number 74. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at DeepAdventure.com. Back to Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak, suffering in paradise for you. Welcome back to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. I'm Bear Wozniak. I'm your adventure guide, but we've got a, a real adventure guide with us today. We've got Kevin Greeny from Creatio.org, uh, who is the missions and adventure director for this ministry. I mean, it's kind of like the coolest gig you could pro- possibly have. And we're talking about his, his uh, journey, his pilgrimage on the Camino de Santiago, 
And uh, uh, you were just telling us about your experience uh, meeting up with an Aussie. You know, I, I love Aussies, but I'd never have my daughter date one. That's my, my own personal philosophy. But I, <laughs> I know a lot of Aussies. No, actually, I just love, I think they're the closest cousins we have. And, of course, they love to surf. And I've spent a lot of, lot of time over there competing uh, also in surfing. So I, I just really love them. So, you know, they're so down to earth, it seems like. What was your experience of this gentleman? You said you, you walked about... 80% of the walk with him. Sure. So um, he was very well formed in his faith, which is something that at the time um, I was not, and probably still I'm not, I'm still learning every day, but um, he was able to give me kind of the, the adult version of Catholicism that I, I got to say, I don't think I really got when I was going through confirmation classes as a teenager in my parish. Um, and just answer all those questions that, you know, I think a lot of people, um, especially here, you know, you hear people complaining about the church for this and that in the news, um, needing to get with the times, et cetera, uh, without recognizing that there are very good logical reasons why um, the, the church teaches what it does. And so he was able to shed some light on those topics for me um, and just kind of provide an, an example of what being in a, a Catholic male um, looks like in our, our modern days now. So he's just a regular uh, a lay member, not a priest or anything like this, but he was well-formed in his faith and had a personal uh, love and a personal relationship with Jesus as well? Yes, that's exactly it. In other um, words, he... I know he's mm -hmm. Go ahead. pretty involved in his own parish in Australia, but uh, beyond that, no, he's not a, not a consecrated person um, or anything like that. You know, it's so just cool, a, though, A regular right? guy with a wife and five kids. Well, I'd love to get his information. Maybe we'll put him on the show sometime. But, you know, it's kind of cool how, uh, you know, I always say Catholicism is the thinking man's faith, the thinking man's religion. But even if you have all your questions answered, what drew you to, to uh, the Lord wasn't just that he was well-formed in his faith, but it's kind of like Christianity is caught as much as it's taught, you know. And this man had a genuine oh, love. Yeah, so tell us about that experience. Sure. Uh, that's absolutely part of it. So, um, you know, we're, we're our head and our heart. And so that, I think, um, answered a lot of the head components that I had, had struggled with earlier. Uh, and the heart component, um, God was exceptionally generous. Um, as we're walking along, you're just feeling very welcomed and very loved by the, the pilgrim community. And um, uh, kind of softens you up a little bit um, to what God has in store for you. So as I was departing, uh, you know, I told a few family members and um, that I was walking the Camino, and they said, "Oh, pray for this intention or that intention and these sorts of things." And so I thought, well, you know, I'm here. I might as well. Um, not really sure about God and the faith, but what harm could it do? Um, and as it turns out, it did quite a bit of good because it seemed like I would intentionally pray for that person's um, whatever they, it was that they asked for. And then the next time I got an email from home, it would say, hey, you know, so-and-so, they're feeling a lot better or so-and-so finally found a job or these types of things. So really, you know, it's, it wasn't quite a, uh, you know, a, a voice from the skies, but it happened every time I prayed for something. And it just kind of made me think, okay, maybe um, I understand the intellectual side, and now I'm starting to feel God's love moving in my own life 
Um, and it became harder and harder to deny as we got closer to Santiago. Um, yeah, it was just, just, you know, miraculous experiences, too many, too many coincidences to really consider them to be coincidences at that point. You know, we call that when we do our long ride home shoot, it's, it, it is a pilgrimage. Trust me. It's almost more like a military mm-hmm. campaign. And we just call it the Holy Spirit Action Plan. I mean, I have a general sense of where we're going. In the morning, I'll get up and pray and kind of write a light scripting of what I think the day will bring, and then the Holy Spirit just shows up. I mean, people just, just it's just like, okay, here's the, here's your newest cast member for the show. You know, he brings people across our path. Um, but, you know, I, I, sometimes when you're doing a long hike, it seems like the road gets longer in front of you. What did it feel like as you were approaching uh, the end of the trail were, were, what, what was there a culmination of your thoughts of your thinking was it was there a, a moment of conversion or, or did that did that just kind of uh, grow within you or how, how did that happen yeah so that the reversion uh, kind of happened I think maybe more gradually um, there are certainly you know you think of what what sometimes we'll call God moments like if we're reading a leading a hike or a retreat throughout the day people just kind of have these um, you know, they're like you, you would picture a light bulb moment, but it's just the, the mm-hmm. feeling of God is just exceptionally strong mm-hmm. uh, at certain times throughout the day. And yeah, they definitely came more often. Um, you know, in addition to um, the Australian, there was uh, two others, and it was kind of the four of us um, who, who banded together um, as we we're walking along. And you're, you know, you form bonds with these people. And you, in a lot of ways, I wish the hike could have kept going, um, but eventually you run out of land, and uh, none of us were that great at swimming. So, hey, but you know what? Isn't that interesting thing? But here's the interesting thing: suddenly it's over. You know, suddenly yeah. it's over. You, you, you've you've had this long trek, like when we rode our motorcycles across the U.S., or when I bicycled across the U.S. too. It's like it's suddenly over and it's sometimes some ways it might be underwhelming and some ways it maybe it's overwhelming you can't even sense it but talk about that suddenness when it's just like okay i'm done what what, I mean, what what was that what was the feeling that you had at that moment when you finally reached the the uh, atlantic you know um that's a good question it's just you're feeling everything you're feeling joy that you've done something significant um but you're also feeling sorrow that it's over and you're going to be saying goodbye to some people that um that you just know that they'll be friends for the rest of your life um regardless of the miles between you um between your homes it, it's it's a very i've never felt anything like it since then and i don't think um really anything compared to it uh, previously and to try and put it into words, you know, I, I can attempt to it, but I would encourage uh, your listeners maybe that if they're curious that they try it and find out for themselves. Yeah. To come to your website, creatio.org. Uh, but I know like, it, you know, it's, it's a journey. And I know like uh, when I did the bicycle, I think it's probably the closest thing to what you did bicycling across the United States. When I got to left San Diego and I arrived in Jacksonville, it was like, I'm done. And, right. and and it's like it's like in our life. Uh, I was reading uh, out of the Catechism. I teach every morning a Facebook Live Catechism, and they were reading from Thomas Aquinas that we should li- live each moment as if today we were going to die. And if you think you're going to wait till if you if you think you're going to wait till tomorrow to be ready, you're not going to be ready because tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, and then suddenly it's over. 
And it's appointed on a man once to live, once to die, and then the judgment. The journey does come to an end, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, for all of us at some point here on Earth, it does. Um, but I think, you know, kind of going back a little bit, um, as you're walking along, a lot of people, uh, especially the hospital arrows, many who have walked themselves, so they can empathize with the, the pain that you're feeling in your feet, kind of some of the emotional stuff. They like to remind you that um, the pilgrimage doesn't end in Santiago and to kind of carry this light that you've got in you now from doing the pilgrimage back into your regular daily life back home. Well, then tell us um, about that. How did that continue for you? Uh, well, it continued in a pretty significant way. Um, coming back to the United States and, you know, having faith now, which was something that I didn't have when I left. Um, you know, I work for a Catholic nonprofit now when previously I'd spent 10 years in sales and marketing. So uh, for a real estate company that had, you know, no faith component to it um, whatsoever. So that uh, has very, I'd say, very significantly impacted my life, um, kind of continuing to live the Camino um, and the pilgrim experience um, throughout my days here in Denver. And you've done that, the Camino more than once, right? Uh, yes, this this past May, um, I helped uh, take a group of about 20 young adults, uh, this time only for about 180 miles from Leon to Santiago. Well, uh, it's a very different experience, though, as a as a as a trip leader rather than just a, a solo pilgrim. We're talking with Kevin Greeny. He's the mission and adventure director for Curatio.org. Can you tell us how that's spelled so people can find you? Yeah, we're on the line at C-R-E-A-T-I-O dot O-R-G. It's uh, easy to remember. It's the word creation. Uh, just drop that drop that in. Kind of fancy way to do it, right? Kind of, is that? Yeah, our, <laughs> our founder was a Portuguese-speaking uh, Brazilian who then learned Spanish and then English and thought if we're going to be Catholic, we should go with the universal language of Latin. <laughs> um, so we took the word, the Latin word for creation, which is creatio. I love and it. That's how we got our name. Well, when we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the other things that uh, that Kevin Greeny does uh, with creatio.org, Some of the uh, the uh, nature type experiences that it, that he uh, that the ministry offers. I'm Bear Wozniak. This is the Bear Wozniak Adventure, and we'll be right back. Deep Adventure Radio, the bold standard in radio. Surf's Up, real and radical ways to live your faith. Hi, this is Gary Zimak from followingthetruth.com with this week's Surf's Up for deepadventure.com. I remember back when I was in high school, I took driver's education. Now, at the time, I had this big old Dodge Charger, humongous car with a big dent in the side of it, and I would always drive it a little bit recklessly when I was younger. But when I had driver's ed, I felt confident because I learned that when you are driving on ice, what you need to do is accelerate slightly and turn into the skid. Well, that was great. I thought I was really confident I was going to handle any situation. Now, where I'm from, I grew up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We have a lot of ice and snow. So one day I was driving the car. I ended up getting on ice, and I remembered my directions, but I totally panicked. And instead of doing what I was supposed to do, I turned away from the skid, and I put my foot on the brake. 
So as a result, what happened was the car started to spin. And you know, when I tell this story, it sounds funny, but I remember that so many times when we look back in sacred scripture, we see people who panicked in the same way that I did. When the apostles were traveling in a boat with Jesus, Jesus was right with them. They began to panic when the storm kicked up at sea. My friends, so many times we do the same thing in our lives. We know the rules. We know the Lord's there. We know he's with us all the time. But what happens? We panic just as I did when I was driving on ice. And my advice to you is to always remember the Lord is with you. He's with you at all times. He's got your back. He knows what you're about to get yourself into. He knows the end of the story, even if you don't. Trust that he's there. Try not to panic. And when you find yourself in a difficult situation, instead of giving in to worry, turn to the Lord, and trust in His providence. My friends, this is Gary Zimak from followingthetruth.com with this week's Surf's Up for DeepAdventure.com. Surf's Up. Go deep or go home. Wax up your boards. Let's paddle in for another wave of Deep Adventure Radio. Welcome back to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. This is Bear Wozniak, and we, this is the place you go to find out. You know, our, our, our creed here is that the most radical thing you could do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. And we do believe uh, that God's will is a wild adventure. I mean, there's nothing, nothing more wild than God. I mean, he created the wild. And uh, we have someone with us, Kevin Greeny, who's the Missions and Adventure Director for Kreatsu.org. Kevin, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Barry. Good to be here. You know, um, who, by the way, I want to ask you a question. Who, who are you reading these days? What authors are you, are you enjoying reading? Oh, you know, uh, somebody just asked me that, and I offered to send them a picture of my nightstand because to try and list all the titles would take, uh, take the rest oh, of the Oh, I love that. I love that. Tell us your reading stack. <laughs> Yeah, boy, um, I just picked up, you know, I think the one that's going to take over is uh, Weigel's uh, biography of JP2, um, that thousand-page um, biography. I'm not sure if you're familiar. I think it's a pretty popular one uh, because he was such a wonderful man. So I, I just picked that one up, and I'm going to uh, focus on that one for a little while. What are the other ones on your stack, though? Come on, tell us. Uh, so uh, Thomas A. Kempis, um I've got, you, know, you asked me this, and now, of course, my mind goes blank. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it sounds right. like you're me, though, because, I mean, I always have a stack, and I get one done, and there's three more stacked on top of it. I'm reading John Paul II's encyclicals right now, but I've got right next to it Father Don Calloway's most recent book about the rosary, and I just got stacks and stacks of books. I never, I mean, the more I read, the more, the deeper the pile gets. I don't seem to ever catch up. But you would enjoy my right. book. You would enjoy my book, by the way. Deep in the Wave: A Surfing Guide to the Soul. That book is your 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 kind of book, actually. But um, go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, you know, another one that um, I've really enjoyed is uh, Trent Horn's new one, "Why We're Catholic." Yeah, that's a great. Um, 
for somebody like me who's um, had a, a recent reversion and is kind of coming back in, um, especially given the fact that most of my friends um, aren't Catholic, it's it's a lot of good info in a concise way that you can kind of summarize answers to the questions that they may have. Um, because when I, I see my friends from my from non-Catholic life, it's like, you're, you're Catholic now? Like, why? And so um, having some Trent Horn in my back pocket uh, has been helpful. Yeah, that's from an apologetic point of view, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. There, there's also a great quartet uh, of books by Father Robert Spitzer. I've just recently read his quartet. He's actually coming out with a fifth book now on spiritual warfare. Have you read any of, of, of Father Robert Spitzer's book? I, I know I, from what I'm hearing from you, you would love his books because some of them are very chewy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I see him on YouTube a lot, um, and that's kind of how, I, how I've been getting his um, what he's talking about. I haven't read any of his books, but his, his YouTube videos and talks are great, and I think he also has a podcast. Uh, I think it's his homilies, but they're... Um, you know they're excellent. Well, get the quartet, man. Add it to your stack. I, w- I was I was in the Napa. I, I was at the Napa Institute two weeks ago, and Father Robert Spitzer is the pres- the president of that. You know, and and I got to talk with him. It was the coolest thing. And uh, and then it was like open book test time because I started. I told him how much I liked the quartet, and now I'm actually having to try to talk with Robert Spitzer about these brilliant things he said. I don't think I sounded too stupid. Mm-hmm. I don't think I sounded, sounded too stupid. But again. Uh, the the way you are, I can, there's a, there's an intellectual bent to you, and I can see why uh, reading those books would really be helpful, uh, maybe in communicating to some of your friends. But uh, you know, so so in your in your Catholic faith, you you you, you became part of Creatio. Now, I want to ask you too, what is your prayer life like? What what is your, what is the pattern of your prayer? Uh, you know, it's it's a daily experience in one form or another. Um, you know, I have. My go-tos, I actually um, carry a small handful of the uh, uh, prayer cards um, with mm. some of my favorite saints on them mm. and just try and make that maybe more of um, more of a mantra just to start the day with those um, with, before getting kind of too heavy. Um, sometimes it helps to have coffee yeah. uh, as you're waking up and kind of get your get the prayer wheels moving. Um, and uh, typically I'll you know keep a keep a rosary in the car and pray that while I'm driving through Denver's terrible traffic. Yeah, um, I remember I was on yeah, the, it all yeah. depends. I was on the road with Mark Father. Depends on the day. Yeah. And uh, if you're, like you had mentioned earlier, it's it's needing to be in motion. Um, I, I really have a hard time sitting still um, unless it's in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Um, so yeah, like you, I'll sometimes just grab the rosary and go for a walk. Uh, and you, so you're kind of around the neighborhood. Well, I think about that. You know, there's different approaches. I remember once uh, the priest, Father Tony Wella, at the Holy Name of Jesus. He's he's no longer there. He's been transferred. But uh, but he said, so you're a surfer. So I guess you're more of a Saint Francis type vis-a-vis Thomas Aquinas. And I go, actually, I, li- I really like them both a lot. Uh, but you know, there is that part of you, obviously, because the, the, your nat- the way that you're wired. Where your your spirituality must really just uh, feel it kind of fills out when you're when you're when you're hiking and you're out in nature. What is the experience that you're giving to people who come to Creatio? You do local things too. They're in Denver. What what type of experience do you do you, do you hope to offer or do people experience when they go on your um, your uh, outdoor experiences uh, in Colorado? 
Sure. So it's it's really um, we're really blessed to have the Rockies right here. Um, it's hard to argue with their just the beauty. I think that um, there are certain objective standards to beauty, and the Rocky Mountains fit most of those boxes. So um, when we set a trip up out here, you know, like a day trip or a weekend adventure kind of thing, um, sometimes it's just a hike. Um, sometimes it's a fourteener. You know, we have a 52 or 53, I think 14,000 or higher, uh, foot mountain peaks in Colorado. So those are very attractive and tempting, especially to, um, you know, kind of the, the more masculine energies that people have that want to climb and conquer. Um, so we'll be doing, uh, one or possibly two of those here next weekend, um, on a, a sand dunes camping trip. So we have the sand dunes, great sand dunes national park in Southern Colorado, um, we've got, I think about 70 people, if you can believe it, coming with us down there, uh, camp out bonfires, um, stations of the cross mass confession, adoration, and then some 14,000 foot peaks to, to close it off before you head home on Sunday. Some, not, not one, yeah, but some, well, it's, 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 you're, you kind of get a twofer if we end up doing, um, the one that we're, we're looking at because you, you get up to the first one and then there's just a saddle over to the next one. So it's not up and down and up and down. What's the experience of, give me a a couple of memories that you have of what people, the conversion type experience or what people uh, come away with anecdotal, not in general, but what to think of a couple of the people that you've personally gotten to see uh, go through a transformative experience. Sure. So, um, when you're, our trips are open to people of all or no faiths, which um, I think, you know, we don't beat people over the head with, you know, you need to believe to come on our, our trips. We just want people to experience God's creation the way that we appreciate and experience it. Um, so people will come out on a hike with us, maybe because their friend who is Catholic invited them but they also wanted to go hike that trail. So yeah, I'll go with you guys. And, Oh, there's a priest. Yeah, that's cool. I guess, you know, I, I knew priests when I was young and they were nice. Uh, when my parents used to drag me to mass, but I haven't been in a while. Um, you know, we get a lot of people like that who, who come on trips with us. And, um, I think the general sense when they go home is that, you know what? Catholics aren't what I remember them. Um, to be like as a teenager, maybe I should reconsider this. Or people from out of state who come visit our kind of young adult Denver Catholic community and, and go skiing with us who who leave saying, wow, like Denver Catholics, you guys are pretty cool. I don't I don't know what it is. It's different here. Um, <laughs> I, I got to think it's, just, you know, it's it's what we're offering and how we're how we're getting to it, how we're reaching people. What does the Laudate See uh, say to you? Um, it says a lot, and I think it's really easy to, um, you know, if you're a, if you're kind of a man of the times and paying attention to the news, it's easy to lose the message, um, kind of amongst the political pressures here in the U.S., uh, which is unfortunate because we don't consider ourselves to be an environmentalist group, but we do care very deeply for this earth that we've been given to inhabit, um, and I don't think that you need to be politically one way or another to appreciate the beauty of say the Rocky mountains or the great sand dunes national park. Um, so just being, um, 
being careful and conservative and being appreciative of this great gift is what that is about for me. Thanks, Kevin. We've been speaking with Kevin Greeny of Creatio.org. You can go there to find out more information about him and the wonderful ministry that they do, bringing people out into the nature to find Jesus. You know, you can go to our website, bearwoznik.com. We're making it easier for people to remember. It's just bearwoznik.com. And I want to invite you to go there, especially the men. We have a new group called Bears Man Cave. It's a private Facebook group. You can't get there. You can't join it by going through Facebook. You join it by going to bearwoznik.com. But this private Facebook group is pretty cool because we provide a lot of exclusive content there. And there are other men there share and challenge their own life's uh, journey. And also, periodically, every two or three weeks, we have a a Bears Man Cave Google Hangout where we all uh, sit down, have a manly beverage, a cigar, uh, perhaps, and we just talk story about the Lord, and I give I give a, a teaching and a talk about that. Last time we covered um, our our creed, the way we uh, well, the way the men in the Bears Man Cave choose to live, and you can go to our website and order the ten DVD set. Now was available from Long Ride Home, our reality TV show that appeared on EWTN, and also of course my books, Deep in the Way of a Surfing Guide to the Soul and Deep Adventure, the Way of Heroic Virtue that goes through the seven virtues, and we have all kinds of gear. We got. Motorcycle pins and patches for the Long Ride Home TV show and T-shirts and tanks and, and things like that. So we invite you to go to uh, bearwoznik.com and join the rest of the pack. Till next week, Viva Cristo Red. This is Deep Adventure Radio. Hear archived shows, buy Bear's book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, and sign up for our Wave of the Week email at deepadventure.com. For the latest news on Bear and Deep Adventure, visit us on Facebook and share Deep Adventure with your friends. The most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Deep Adventure Radio.